From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. Several years ago, we did an episode on New Zealand. Why? Well, first off, it's a place I adore and visit as much as I can. The rugby, the traditions of the indigenous Māori people, the breathtaking landscapes, and of course, I've always been fascinated by this tiny nation of nearly 5 million people and close to 26 million sheep. Come on, John Pop. The sheep sound effect? Really? But for the most part, New Zealand has been a very interesting case study on the application and success of free market principles and individual liberty. In fact, Heritage Foundation touts it as one of the freest economies in the world, according to our Index of Economic Freedom, consistently placing in the top five freest economies in the world. The reason? Robust trade, rule of law, property rights, a lack of harmful government subsidies for things like agriculture, and competitive tax rates. But over the last two years, like everything, COVID changed the landscape. Effective immediately, we will move to alert level three nationwide. After 48 hours, the time required to ensure essential services are in place, we will move to level four. These decisions will place the most significant restrictions on New Zealanders' movements in modern history. Shops closed, offices shut down and city streets completely deserted. New Zealand returned to a life in lockdown for the first time in six months. Strict restrictions were imposed in a bid to halt any spread of the contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus. I cannot see or point to any countries in the world that are maintaining a strategy of keeping their countries completely COVID-free whilst opening up to international travel between each other, um, that means that in a way, you know, we are world leading. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, polling suggests a vast majority of New Zealanders have been supportive of these lockdowns. And that's because there were hardly any cases. But as restrictions eased, COVID cases increased, lockdowns were reinstated, and economic factors worsened. Now it seems like the mood is shifting. In New Zealand, as the country tries to stamp out an outbreak of COVID, having been free of any form of local transmission over the last three months. Daily COVID cases have today soared into uncharted territory, prompting some experts to say it's too soon to ease Auckland's restrictions next week. It's the third time this week that daily case numbers have shattered previous records. Bigger, wetter and louder. But the opposition to mandates, masks and vaccines remains. The crowd growing from several hundred yesterday to about a thousand today. You've really picked a day to join the protest. Well, weather doesn't matter, does it? You know, you've got to be here when you've got to be here. Yep. How long are you planning to stay? Well, we'll stay until we get a result. According to a recent poll commissioned by the New Zealand Taxpayers Union, 
the leftist Labour Party's popularity is falling, and Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's personal popularity is falling even further. In addition, we're receiving reports that China is continuing to build out their presence in the region, most recently establishing a security deal with the Solomon Islands and other territories close to New Zealand. And of course China is. They're everywhere. And I'll give you a hint. They are not for more freedom and prosperity. We were recently visited by Jordan Williams. He runs the New Zealand Taxpayers Union. Like Heritage Foundation, they're a member-driven organization who stands for lower taxes, less regulation, and government accountability. On this episode, Jordan takes us through the fascinating evolution of New Zealand COVID policy, giving us stunning comparisons to the US. We also talk about how since COVID, New Zealand has higher taxes, more government spending, more regulation, and of course, the dangers of an increased presence of China and what that means for America. More after this. At the Heritage Foundation, we believe voting is a sacred duty. It's how people express what course they want our nation to take. Given the importance of the ballot box, it's necessary to have a transparent and fraud-free system that can be trusted. This is why Heritage created the Election Integrity Scorecard. The scorecard compares the laws and regulations for elections state to state and ranks them on their security and transparency. Check out the Election Integrity Scorecard at heritage.org slash election scorecard. Jordan, it's been a couple years. Uh, we've had a couple of things happen since uh, since we last spoke, mainly a global pandemic, which has kept me out of New Zealand. But uh, you're here in America, and it is great to see you. Tim, it's great to see you now in, in your home offices rather than um, at the New Zealand Taxpayers Union. It, yeah, there in Wellington. It was a rainy afternoon when we had our meeting, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And now a lot's changed. Like I said, New Zealand uh, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern uh, says, this is not an end, it's a new beginning when referring to COVID restrictions being lifted after a massive surge in cases that has happened throughout the country. Um, you were, if, you, if you go and look at the case graph, it's a flat line for the most part for the last two years. And then all of a sudden, within the last couple of months, it shot right up. And it, it, it really is chilling because, you know, you've had some of the strictest lockdown measures, quarantine, things like that. Vaccine passes, double doses of vaccines being mm. required, three-month lockdowns, outdoor mask mandates, all that stuff. I just want to get your take on this thing. You know, for an American, that seems like a lot, but I want to get yours on it. I totally disagreed with the approach Jacinda Ardern and the government took. But even I, in my heart of hearts, wanted her to succeed. Hmm. And unlike most of the world, when New Zealanders were told, um, uh, stay the heck at home, we all did. Hmm. And to the, um, even the government's uh, stonking astonishment, we actually didn't flatten the curve. We eliminated this thing. Hmm. So then we were in a uh, position where we had... New Zealand is stuck overseas and extremely difficult to get in mm. to New Zealand. Basically, close borders in in, in all of it. There were yes, there was a there was a horrible 
uh, lottery of human misery to get back into New Zealand to get very limited um, spots in. They were just ho- they were just uh, repurposed hotels. We had to stay in a hotel for two weeks to um, you know, and, and, and you were tested up the wazoo, and then um, sure. you, were let, you were let out. But the, for the except for that first very ha- and it was a very harsh lockdown, but had the support overwhelming sure. support of the public. Um, at the beginning, we lived a normal life for eighteen months. Uh, there was a few weeks where we had snap lockdowns in, um, in in our largest city, but it was worth it because we eliminated it and we're back to normal. But then Delta came along, and the government was was caught on the hop because of the we weren't vaccinated, and then just strived for the eighteen ninety percent vaccination and basically said to Auckland, our largest commercial centre, um, one and a half million, the um, city of one and a half million. Uh, that we'll let you out when we had 80% and we very quickly got to 80%. But there's no, no, it's got to be 80%, including 80% the in, Indigenous Māori population right. and, and all the, and, and, and this suburb. And it was all just a, a it was very clear that the, the government um, uh, uh, w- w- was trying to delay the inevitable. And a big reason was that is because the government really hadn't done the work in our health system. You know, huh. we literally had a two year or 18 month head start. But, Thing is, the end of last year, we knew we had to open back up, but New Zealanders were so scared, and the the and the body politic and the intelligentsia sort of knew we had to open up, but it was politically almost impossible. The government didn't know how to open back up because the population was so scared. Right. Because that's what Jacinda Ardern's sort of whole um, uh, brand had sort of turned into. She protected us from COVID. Right. Now that COVID, we even though we Auckland's just peaked. The rest of New Zealand hasn't. We're having just unbelievable. Like, it's incredible. Who knows what the case numbers are because the testing was maxed out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, uh, the government announced that we're getting rid of masks. Um, outdoor limits um, on venues is just totally gone. Indoors going up to two hundred. Uh, vaccine passes are out the window. I think second the right. next week. I can't remember the exact date. But it's we're following the rest of the world in terms of getting rid of everything. Right. Because. Um, uh, uh, because we've had it, we're welcoming back tourists from, at least from Australia, from um, from one April. Yeah. I think the rest of the world from one May. So it, it, it is close. It, it is close to back to normal. And I think, I don't think we were the smartest in the world. I sort of take that back from what I'd said for the last two years. But <laughs> um, I don't think we were the dumbest. Um, and I credit this place, the mm. Pfizer's of the world, your amazing medical technology for actually giving us that option. Well, let's talk about some of the shutdowns here uh, and, and what the shutdown did. I mean, tourism for me, I mean, my my flights were basically canceled two and a half years ago. I had a trip planned. That was over out the window. Um, you know, tourism's been 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 decimated there. Um, yeah, it's our largest export earner, but totally. totally yeah, in huge. Fa- in fairness, though, New Zealand does have quite a, a liberal labor market. So the unemployment rate is still among the lowest in the OECD. That's true. But but I will say this, though, that that with things that have been happening with a lot of gov- increase in government spending, yep. um, there's an, an, a new uh, 15% online tax. I'm sure that that's that's something that you, your organization is, is probably uh, researching a little bit. There's been wage subsidies for obviously for, for shutdowns and things like that. Um, you know, we, we, we frozen salaries, things like that from the government in well uh, in Wellington. So I'm just wondering just some of the 
some of the actions that have been taken because of the lockdowns, what do you and the New Zealand Taxpayers Union see as um, a long-term effect on the well, economy? I, I, at least we don't need to go into the weeds okay. in terms of the individual policies. I'll give okay. you just two two factoids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first is that you know we the our Reserve Bank or our Fed printed fifty billion in a um, uh, for the government to spend. Our economic response was the second largest in the world in terms of proportion of the economy, only behind the United States. Yeah. And what do you know? We're seeing unbelievably high inflation at home. It's, <laughs> it's reaching sort of six, seven percent. We were the in, you know, New Zealand was the first in the world for um for solely inflation targeting for the for the, for the central bank. Um, that's now being unwound by this government. We have a government that was, for the first time since we've had our uh, electoral, uh, we have a Europe, unfortunately, have a European style uh, electoral system that was introduced in '96. Uh, the Jacinda Ardern in the 2019 election was the first government since 96 to get a full majority, not having to rely on a support partner in Parliament, hmm. um, and that was solely on the back of COVID. But now, and at least we do monthly political polling, for the first time, COVID's not the main issue. It's the economy. Wow. And we have a government that's a one-trick pony, can, you know, only knows how to lock down, basically. Hmm. And, you know, save, save Nana, you know, and half New Zealand, it's very first time becoming very polarised. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, save Granny for others. It's like, you haven't done the work here. Every hmm. area of pol- policy, you know, climate hmm. change, Jacinda hmm. Ardern's, um, you know, nuclear. She's called it the nuclear free moment, which is very tied to New Zealand's sense of identity. Um, you know, emissions are up. Um, they promised hmm. the th- they, they promised a hundred thousand new houses um, in, in in four years. That they've built five hundred. Hmm. You know, it, it's it is just in every area of public policy, this government has failed to deliver. And I'm I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It it really is the worst government in my lifetime. Hmm. But COVID saved them. But now. We're moving on. And, and here's the other thing with, with moving on is you start opening up, people start going out, they start going to a restaurant, um, you know, and they realize that the tab is exponentially higher than it used to be. They see yeah. that the clothing price, they see everything is more expensive. This is real, as well as I like to say here, it's real cost and real loss for real people. Yeah, and, and gasoline. We picked up, um, I don't <laughs> know who's doing it in the US, but if you're listening, um, uh, we love you. The Biden... <laughs> On the gas um, uh, pumps, the Biden, you know, I um, I did that all, LOL. <laughs> um, we literally, my organisation, did the same thing with Jacinda Ardern, where, and we like launched it like three weeks ago, and we sent it out to our members, and people could buy it, and you know, you know, here's your free. I did this Jacinda Ardern pointing sticker. Please don't put it on a petrol pump, but if you do, or if you see one, please send us a picture. <laughs> Which is Cinder Ardern last last week on Monday, despite being the Prime Minister that says that climate change is the biggest issue, she cut petrol taxes or gasoline taxes. And (laughs) only the taxpayers' union were calling for that. We're the only ones that had linked petrol prices to. We also did a stunt where we went down to a petrol station and refunded people's gasoline tax um, (laughs) for an hour. And by the end of the hour, there was queues down the road. And... (laughs) And it was that 51% of the price of petrol in Auckland or, or gasoline is wow. tax. Wow. And it just 
dogged Jacinda Ardern for the next week because you know she said, well it's you know it's it's, it's 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 the Ukraine situation it's it's the international environment you know we can't they love possibly to play control that. yeah but they love to well, play hang on Prime Minister <laughs> half the money's going to you right yeah and you know it's a it's a really good example of groups like Heritage the Taxpayers Union and why sort of the third sector matters and yeah. um and if, I mean I mean you know as as fiscal conservatives you know petrol tax isn't the it's not, the, it's not the hill to die on, but it does remind people of the burden of government. Yeah, let's. I, I want to pivot here because one thing that Americans may not know about New Zealand is, you know, it's in export import. I mean, it is especially heavy on the imports from other nations to get goods and things like that. I mean, it's an island in the middle of the ocean, and um, and I want to talk a little bit about China here. Yep. I know that there's a big relationship there. I think it's like like thirty billion. Total trade relationship yeah, with China, which is a huge number. You know, there's there's all sorts of different things going on there, and I'm wondering, is that something that you know, with with human rights um, abuses happening in China, uh, with the rise of communists, their relationship with Russia, things like that? I just wanted to hear your take uh, from a, a liberty loving guy. Is is the trade relationship worth it, or what? What is what is kind of the perception there with New Zealand? China is our largest trading partner, and the biggest geopolitical problem New Zealand has is that, like Australia, our economic ties are diametrically opposed to our cultural and security ties. Meaning huh. that you know it's the US, it's ANZUS, it's um, it's it's the Western world, but economically, our cart is hitched to the Chinese horse, hmm. and that I mean I'm very um, uh, I, I'm. Uh, bitter actually at um, the New Zealand uh, body politic and our Ministry of Foreign Affairs equivalent of your um, your State Department that our number one priority is don't get between the US and China because then we have to pick a side. New Zealand's very small and China can make an example of us. Yeah. And New Zealand has done some really dumb things. For example, the last, and this is the John Key, the National Conservative Government, hmm. they, they got us elected onto the um, UN Security Council. So <laughs> You know, like one priority is don't get between the two. And uh, these geniuses that are actually just career diplomats that are there for their own jollies, certainly not for the protection of New Zealand interests, <laughs> go on this damn security council for the one bloody place where you have to pick a side and it matters. Just absolutely mad. Huh. I think there is a lot more awareness now because New Zealand, there's been a couple of instances where Chinese have just made an example of us, but also the trade disputes between Australia and China where that has caused us to sit up and, uh, and and take a look. And this is around, I think it was iron or re- Australia rejected yeah. or coal or something. But the, um, so the, the issue was now, it, it's more um, in the forefront, but compared to Australia, we I worry we're not standing up for it as much. And by that I mean um, in terms of media coverage, that stories that sort of, Oh no, that's a bit a, a bit awkward. It was very. It is very clear there is Chinese money going into our major political parties. Wow. Um, uh, our, the mayor of Auckland um, is currently, in fact, ironically, he might actually be to my disgust. His former Labour um, cabinet minister and um, Labour Party leader, now mayor of Auckland, is probably going to get the um, the gig for the US ambassador, hmm. which is disgraceful. He's currently under investigation by the ser- our serious fraud office um, hmm. for non-disclosure of what I understand was a donation from a, um, a CCP figure. Hmm. Now, 
this is what I think the the tide is turning because the main parties are waking up yeah. to this risk. But to be frank, there's a real naivety to it. You know, we New Zealanders are inoffensive. We 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 like to pride ourselves in um, in, uh, in in and getting along with everyone. But that also comes with a naivety. But the the last um, point I want to make is coming to North America. It's really interesting, um, scary and refreshing. I've got back from uh, Ottawa the day before yesterday. Mm. And it is a, I'm really refreshed. It was cultural shock coming here that everyone is determined to move on from COVID. And I get you've still got cases and I've still got risk and all that sort of thing. But even in the, you know, the, the Ubers, you've got a tick to say, oh, yes, I wear a mask, but the Uber drives rather don't worry about it. Mm. You guys are determined to move on. You have to make bookings here in DC and, and in New York and, and the Broadway theatre I went to, it was awful. In Canada which have almost identical, they got rid of the mask mandate literally the day I was, I was there. But the attitude of the people was not determined to move on. The restaurants were empty. Hmm. The, 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 the bureaucrats are not back in the offices or the business, it was in Ottawa, so it's mostly bureaucrats. <laughs> but that what, when I get home, I, what I really wanted to figure out is what side of the coin New Zealand is on. Are we choosing to be scared and wanting to stay at home, or are we determined to move on? And I think that I feel really encouraged from this trip that the US is, and of course there'll be a, a, another, you know, there'll be another peak. There'll be more surprises. Sure, it's hopefully there. it's over. It's but there. Been, it probably isn't. Yeah. Um, but you know, there is something in the American attitude, and I know that you guys have been through it that I can't possibly understand. You know, the the refrigeration trucks in New York, and the, it's, mm. it's been it's been a hard one. I don't. I'm not belittling that at, at all, hmm. but the attitude that of that American spirit is a, was really identifiable between here and Canada, and I'm really encouraged by that. And I hope, like heck, New Zealand takes that approach hmm. than the living in fear and w- wanting to stay closed. Well, Jordan, your organization, uh, New Zealand Taxpayers Union, is going to be and has been a driver in that attitude of, of trusting people, individual liberty, freedom, these universal um, bits of goodness that we have to share with each other and we can encourage each other with. And I am so grateful for you and your friendship over the years, and, and I cannot wait to come to Wellington and uh, see the growth that you've had over the last uh, two, three years. So thanks so much for being here. Tim, you guys do God's work over here, and um, I can't wait to uh, see you again down under. Now, I know things in New Zealand are challenging, like everywhere in this world. But I'm going to be honest, as soon as we are allowed, I can't wait to go back. Want to go with me? Send me an email at managingeditor at heritage.org. Or if you like this episode of Heritage Explains and you listen on a regular basis, it would really help us out if you hit that like button, hit that share button, or left us a cheeky comment wherever you listen. And John Pop wanted me to remind you, don't be sheepish about it. (coughs) Michelle's up next week. We'll see you then. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by John Pop.